Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Clicking On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday, November 2nd, one day before the big day, the big election. hope you have registered, you're voted, or voting, and uh, make sure you have your voice heard. Join the many multiple record volumes of people getting out voting earlier. We're grateful for you showing us support. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're just so grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Our hot topic today is Joe Tyrell. He is now the president of Ice Mortgage Technology. Joe was with LA May, now is part of the rebranding it as ICE Mortgage Technology. Very exciting. We're going to be having a discussion about digital mortgage transformation. Ellie May becomes ICE and all the changes that are. Really interesting stuff. I've always enjoyed Joe's comments, his perspective on things. I think he's one of the realists. He's thinking, you know, what would be nice and what can be done in reality. So we're going to be hearing some of that today. So be sure to stay tuned for the interview with Joe Tyrell in the second half of the podcast in the Hot Topic segment. I want to say a special thank you to the Industry Syndicate for all that they're doing for publishing our podcast as well as other podcasts. Check out industrysyndicate.com as well as mortgagemedia.com. Great places to get a lot of content of what's going on in the industry. Also, I want to say a special thanks to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Go listen to the podcast last week where we had Don on talking about the virtual conference, the first of its kind. Also, I want to talk about Finastra, one of my favorite technology companies out there in the place, working with mortgage bot solutions, automatically addresses a lot of compliance issues while delivering enhanced power satisfaction, increasing productivity. But you got to check out all the innovation that's going on at Finastra. Go to our website, look at onlending.com, check on advertisers. You'll see a list of some links out to their website. I encourage you to check them out. Also, Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative, both of these are mortgage co-ops creating competitive advantages for both lenders and vendor members. Working with Tom Gallucci, who's at TMC, looking forward that the Mortgage Collaborative going to have him on as a guest coming up here soon. And really excited about some of the things that they have going on. The Coat Labs is really one of those things that is really innovative and in helping lenders share best practices. The Community Mortgage Lenders of America, grateful for their partnership, as well as Indicom offering automation, outsourcing, compliance solutions at every stage of the mortgage life cycle. Again, we had Linda Bomar on. Great podcast. I encourage you to go check that out, as well as Incelerate. Josh and his team at Incelerate are helping lenders get close to closing more loans through better engagement. You want to check it out, what they're doing there. Ainsworth Advisors. Go to AinsworthAdvisors.com, how you can set up your own advisory firm for your firm. It's important to have that. 
as well as AI assist, artificial intelligence. Man, that is so important what's going on right now. It's scary and exciting what it can do for you. Be sure to check out AI assist. Appreciate you for checking out all our sponsors, Celebrity Home Loans, as well as Zenovian. They do a great job of optimizing their mortgage executions. We're going to have Ted Kramer on as a guest here in an upcoming podcast, as well as KnowledgeCoop, this great learning management platform to help you get training done for your staff, as well as Mobility RE and Modex. Both of these are great products that help you recruit top LOs, as well as find out who is funding what and with whom. Also, VendorSurf, Vidyard, be sure to check out all our sponsors on our sponsorship page. Let's get over to Rob Van Raphorse with this week's Mortgage Minute. Hi, I'm Rob Van Raphorse. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, HUD extended the FHA appraisal and re-verification of employment flexibilities through December 31st, 2020. The updated policy permits the ongoing use of exterior-only appraisals for most transactions but discontinues the desktop-only appraisal option. MBA will continue to advocate for these flexibilities to be extended for the duration of the pandemic. Also last week, FHFA released the 2020 Annual Housing Report, which provides an overview of the affordable housing activities of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac during the course of 2019. In both the single-family and multifamily markets, Each GSE met all of its housing goals in 2019. Also, FHFA determined that each GSE complied with its duty-to-serve requirements in all three underserved markets, manufacturing housing, affordable housing preservation, and rural housing. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. I want to say to the MBA and all the conferences that they have coming up in 2021. We need to show up at these conferences. Not like it's going to take a lot of encouragement for us to show up at conferences. We are so ready for engagement again. Anyway, check it out. I've got to get over to Les Parker with the TM Spotlight. What if they're say they're not like the others? What if fools say they're not just another? One of Fed's plays. Who's the pretender? What if trends say they will never surrender? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by PowerSeller, making hedging easy. Dueling narratives point to different worlds. Will the election produce a red wave or blue wave or litigious wave? Are voices crying for freedom or protections? Should the world isolate the Chinese Communist Party for its opaque and corrupt business practices or embrace them as a competitive economic powerhouse? Do we get less Fed or more Fed? Will rates rise or fall? Who falls to their knees? These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. So who stays free? So who stays free? Stay free. That's good. Let's talk about tmspotlight.com to sign up for Les's free newsletter. And also be sure to put in the word power and you'll get a paid version for free. Anyway, appreciate it very much. Matt, good to have you here again. Matt Graham, founder and CEO of MBS Live, is our newest contributor with a market update. Matt, what do you have for us? I'm wheeling around looking at your screen like I do all the time. Looks like we got some activity going on in the 30 year UMBS. What is happening? That's right, Dave. How's it going? Good. Good. Yes. And there's some stuff going on behind the scenes that you wouldn't even see on the MBS Live dashboard until potentially later this week. And that's because we are evaluating liquidity in UMBS 1.5 
coupon, something that a lot of people thought we would never see until post-COVID, sent rates going where they've been going. But anytime we're cracking into one of these new lower coupons in MBS, it's always a saga. And it takes weeks, if not months, for the market to build up enough liquidity for the thing to get viable. And then for FINRA to start reporting it as its own coupon and for lenders to hedge with it. And once that starts happening, it can help lenders maintain their margins better and help pricing be more consistent in the lower reaches of the rate range. So a lot of people are really excited to see this come to fruition. But the big news last week is that the Fed announced that they were adding it to their MBS bond buying plan. So as you may know, they put out a schedule that lets people know what they're going to be buying on any given day. And that's something a lot of us have been waiting for. It's great to see. And from here, we want to see the thing do well. In order to do well, it's going to need rates to stay in a decent range. And that range, I think, is probably a little bit higher and wider than some of us might fear. In other words, we had 10-year yields rise from 0.5 all the way up to 0.88 recently. And some of us might worry what that's going to do to mortgage rates. But Mortgage rates didn't really budge very much. We went a little bit higher here and there, but most of the volatility was due to the adverse market fee. There is room for the mortgage market to soak up some increase in benchmarks. And when we talk about benchmark rates, we're talking about the yardstick by which everything else is measured, 10-year treasury yield. So it'll hopefully help see rates in the mid twos. If we can even stay anywhere under 1% in 10-year yields, then mortgage rates could be mid to low twos quite easily. I'm guessing you might like to know a little bit about what happened last week. What happened last week? Yeah, it started strong, right? We had been having a bad October for benchmark rates. So even though mortgage rates were holding steady, we always worry what the indication is from treasuries. Started strong and it looked like we were pushing back from a high yields at 0.88. But then the second half of the week, things got a little bit ugly. But why? Because stocks definitely weren't surging towards significant higher levels. And we didn't have any like resoundingly positive economic data that had an obvious and immediate effect on the bond market. Now, we could definitely point to stronger durable goods at 1.9 versus 0.5. GDP 33.1 came in stronger than expected. Chicago PMI, those were the three most relevant reports of the week all in the second half of the week and rates moved higher. So maybe it wasn't that simple because we would have seen markets react immediately if that was the case. And as you may know, they didn't. So we also have the European Central Bank last Thursday and the bond yield spiked right after they got done talking. I have no idea there's a connection between that or not because there wasn't anything they said specifically that made Europeans react, but they're not increasing their level of accommodation any more than they already had. Sometimes bond markets don't necessarily love that. I'll tell you what I think that traders on both sides, both stocks and bonds, were running for the exits. Let me ask you, if you were putting your money to work and you knew what was coming up this week, would you want to leave yourself very (laughs) exposed to risk getting into the weekend? No, I I was looking at what happened in the bonds, specifically the UMBS twos on the 30-year and looking at that going, I think this is everyone's just taking conservative ground. So no, you're right. Just take the risk off the table. That's what I'm thinking. And what's going on this week? Let's talk about some big market movers in the same way in the Princess Bride that you asked him about Socrates Aristotle. Moron. So I'll ask you, have you ever heard of these big market movers? You have NFP, non-farm payrolls. You have ISM, manufacturing and non-manufacturing. And then even FOMC, a Fed meeting. 
all huge market movers, right? At least they used to be. They're completely meaningless this week, Dave, of course. And I'll clarify really quick. These things could still put some spin on the ball. But the biggest reaction, the biggest shift in momentum is reserved for the reaction to the election. And there are plenty of guesses as to what type of result will lead to a certain outcome for the bond market. There were a lot of guesses in 2016 too. And I would say not being able to count all of them. I think the majority of the guesses about what a Trump victory was going to do to the bond market in 2016 were wrong. And the narrative quickly shifted to the tax bill and treasury issuance and the economic benefits that would come from that. And the rates went up and away. The Hmm. narrative that I hear more right now is that a Biden victory and a blue flip in the Senate would be bad for stocks and rates. And we have seen some evidence of that when polling numbers have come out at times last week. At least it would seem that way. It's hard to confirm that that's exactly what markets are reacting to. Either way, the important point of distinction this week is not who wins the election, but whether or not there is unified control of both parts of Congress and the presidency. If it's unified Democratic control, that is the biggest market mover. I'm looking at reading some of the MBS live chats on here. Look at Tim Rude giving you a big shout out. If this website did nothing other than give us indisputable data to deal with in situations like this would be worth it. But obviously, there's just that's just the tip of the iceberg on all the knowledge that's here. And so shout out to Ted on what he is saying here and all the commentary. It's just fun reading through and getting a sense of how people are responding and reacting. And if you want to see it get rowdy, Dave, just tune in on election night. I think people oh, will I- probably be in the live chat all night long. And I'm going to yeah. have to stay up late and keep the peace because, you know, people oh, yeah. get with politics, but it'll right. be fun. Yep, yep. Yeah. And then also, I love the uh, live news stream where you're in here and then you just click on stuff. I love your website, Matt. And I love the fact that you're here. Anything else we need to know before we move on? Oh, yes, Dave. I almost forgot. There were some bright spots. We talked about rates moving up last week. But yeah. real quick, here's your bright spot. Even though some of the housing data leveled off, it did so at great levels. And I'm not really going to pick that apart. But what I did want to focus on was that FHA. FA home price data that I alluded to last week, that thing came in extremely high, 8% year over year pace versus 6.5 last month. And what that means is that we are two out of three pieces we have now to figure out what the conforming loan limit's going to go up to in a little less than a month now. And right now it's tracking for nearly 550000 that home price appreciation for the calculations that's directly based on that FHFA number. It's a little bit of a different yep. variation that they keep, but substantially similar and good news for conforming loan limits coming up in about four weeks. Yeah. Good stuff, Matt. Appreciate it. Check out mbslive.net. And when you're there, don't the forget your LOL. Double the time of your trial period. So thank you so much, Matt, for making this available to our listeners and extending the trial period. That's really appreciated. Everyone should sign up for it. It's just an excellent service. Great week to you, my friend. I know you're going to be a busy one. So anyway, appreciate the shout outs and the alerts you give us constantly ongoing stuff. Really good stuff. Appreciate you, Matt. Thank you, sir. All right. You bet. Let's get over to Alice Alvey with the legislative update. Alice, of course, is a CMB vice president of education training at Union Home Mortgage. And she's got this week's weekly update. And my favorite thing is if you work at Union Home and you have a question about something, you can quote unquote, ask Alice. So we get to do the Ask Alice all the time, anywhere. I love that. That's Shout right. Out. Yes. Now, the latest in the legislative update there. Yes, you can almost hear Grace Flick singing in the background. Maybe we'll have to get Les to use that song, too. Although, 
I think yeah. the royalties might be expensive. But anyway, yeah, so I have two things uh, to just call to everyone's attention. One is a little bit minor, something to pay attention to is not imminent. But the other one is to talk about online notarization as we talk about going out to vote tomorrow or if you haven't done so already and really trying to look ahead to just where we're at with the coronavirus and are we headed following Europe to another lockdown phase. So I'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. But first up is the CFPB did publish an advanced notice of proposed rulemaking, right? And this has been a long process for the Section 1033 of the Dodd-Frank Act. And for those of you who got in the industry in the last five to eight years, you're going, seriously, that's not all implemented yet? Nope. There's still a section out there that we haven't got on the books, and that's the one for consumer financial service providers and just really more consumer access to financial information. So CFPB had an RFI back in 2016. They have released consumer protection principles that lenders could use to follow, but of course that doesn't have the power of a rule for enforcement. So they have been working on this. It's just taken quite some time. So we've finally gotten to the ANPR stage. After that will come the proposed rule stage after they get some more feedback. So the idea is the key for lenders in this one is our connectivity to get automated income and asset information. Think about how we all love that we can get the borrower's password and ID or get the borrower to key that in. Uh, so that we can get direct connect through their bank and employer information and really speed along our business process. So that activity is something that's an example of what would be included in this proposed rule that the agency has to address. So uh, we'll read through it. We'll talk more about it as it gets a little closer. We've got 90 days to respond, which gives us till January 20th. So we've got some time there, but always worth watching that our technology is always on the radar of the CFPB to make sure we're taking care of consumers and, and protecting all of that. But in bigger news, I think as we look about the possibility of are we headed for another lockdown or more restrictions as the virus starts to take a stronger hold? And again, some of you may believe that's not the case, but as far as some of the numbers and some of where the indications are, it does look like that's a possibility. So the whole industry is looking towards trying to be more efficient with remote online notarization, other ways to make life easier for consumers. So I sent Dave a link that will be on the website. You all take a look at a summary of what states, there's only 28 states that allow a remote online notarization. We have got to push for this as an industry, support the MBA. We have to get federal legislation that allows the intercommerce necessary and gets the states moving, at least maybe gives them a model law so that uh, we can get this implemented. So there is Senate Bill 353 that was put uh, put out back in March along with the Companion House Bill. So it's not like Congress is at ground zero on this. We've, We've got a couple of bills already out there that we can work with called the SECURE Act, and this will help us get remote and electronic notarization through. We've got to find a way to keep closing loans remotely, and that's a big key of it. So wanted everybody to reach out to your congressman. Make sure you're pushing that at the state level. Looks like Pennsylvania has a bill sitting on the governor's desk ready to be signed, but there's a lot of work to be done here so that we can all operate as it looks like the virus isn't going to let up anytime soon. Some great website resources that I can also send to you guys. Deloitte published a report that really talks about things that you need to think about as a lender. There's a whole section on the impact to the global and residential markets, and that will help lenders make sure they haven't thought 
about all the implications. We've had increased volume. That's awesome. But there's a huge impact to risk management and the financials as well. Back to dusting all that off and thinking it through to be able to manage the next wave. Back to you, Dave. Yeah, it will be another wave. I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, because I'm planning to go to England for an event in February, and I went down into lockdown again, and I'm going, yeah. So we'll see. Anyway, I'll be knocking at the door. So anyway, appreciate you so much, Alice, for being here each and every week. Say hi to Al and Bill. And again, kudos to them for creating a system internally within your company called Ask Alice. We get to do that every week. Anyway, thank you, Alice. All right, let's go to Alan Pollock. We've got this week's tech update from Mr. Alan. He was sharing something before we went just live. NFC technology. And what that does is it stands for near field communications. And these are basically almost like beacons or tags. Retail stores use them. If you're using their app, they can track you as you walk around the store. Actually, yeah, let's get into it. We got all kinds of good data. I do want to mention, David, you brought up a fantastic uh, documentary show on Netflix that I haven't seen, and I'm disappointed I haven't, but The Social Dilemma, you said it's great. It just was major eye-opener to realize just how extensive they're tracking us. Absolutely. Get out there. Go watch it. Some of us are sick of the uh, politics at this point. Uh, We're getting down to the wire, and then we'll need something new to watch. I did want to just do a shout-out right, to Fannie Mae and to the industry about the new Erla. And just remember that January 1st, 2021, I know, Alice, your ears are probably ringing, is open production. So make sure your vendors are up to speed, their code, their interfaces, things are tested. Don't feel bad asking them. I'm sure that you're already engaged with your vendors and in sync. And for the vendors, if there's resources out there, should you need them, But timeline's coming, so I just wanted to give that little shout-out, cover that aspect of it. All right, CoreLogic, Mm -hmm. uh, as we know, there was almost – takeover is a bad word, but right, some of the current investors wanted to try and devalue the company and say that to get it to go in the right direction. They had to take it over, et cetera. After months of feeding off of that from two of their significant investors, CoreLogic has confirmed they actually are looking for a new buyer – there's word on the street that CoreLogic could be valued at about a little over $80 a share. There's some speculation as to who it may be. Zero decision has been made, and CoreLogic was very firm in their comments on the press release, saying that the company does not intend to comment further on market speculation or disclose further developments unless it deems any further disclosure be appropriate or require communication. So obviously they're being very quiet about it, but there's rumors and stories out there. But $80 a share is, is what people are talking about. Okay, talking about $80 a share, let's jump up to $40 million in seed funding. An ex-Zillow executive company called Tomo Networks. I feel like we talked about it on a prior week. There's not a lot of word about what it is, but they're getting into a very crowded space and they're talking about it's a going to be a compelling product that will streamline home buying for both the consumer and real estate agent. And the fact that you know they've got this all-star cast, especially an ex-exec from Zillow, means that maybe they're mixing some things together that typically don't mix together or they're refining how things will work but I'm very interested. So I've got a tracker set up for Tomo Networks, and if that's something you do, keep an eye out for them. FHA, David, talking about volume, lockdowns, RONs, you name it. FHA has just unveiled their AUS system. That's Automated Underwriting Systems for those non-technical or acronym folks. That's part of their modernization initiative. And I don't know if if you remember, but recently it was a two-year, $42 million contract, which absolutely blows my mind. 
that yeah. building an underwriting system can cost that much money, but it really does. Anyways, it's called the FHA Catalyst Technology Platform. It stops you from having to go to 10 or 15 different systems. You can go one transaction directly to their system, API interface built so you can connect with them. Uh, it's got reliable and accurate data. I'm reading a quote, by the way, from them, reliable and accurate data facilitating the modern systems for the FHA program participant community. A lot of fancy words, but that is really important, especially as we look to lowering the amount of overhead time, reduce errors, right? All the things we talk about every week. So really good. This one, David, the next topic, really funny. It caught my eye because I did work with Google many years ago and so did many other people for the mortgage industry. And if you remember, I don't know, within this last year, we talked about how Google relaunched their sort of mortgage quote program. Roostify just partnered with Google Cloud to deliver an enhanced document AI capability platform. And really what they're doing is they're leveraging OCR and data extraction. Google's got a platform. It's much easier to acquire that kind of technology today. And they're looking to help move the document acquisition and, and automate that process using machine learning, moving that ahead. And that's what it is. So if you're very interested in either the Google Cloud having that, you can check out that article. If you are a Roostify user, then you want to check out Roostify. thought that was a great update. David, I just want to talk quickly about campaigns and elections in support of what's happening this week. And then I want to get into a uh, big topic, what to do with the rest of this year in development priorities. So I thought this was really interesting, David, about campaigns. I had no idea that there is a ton of data being collected to have systems use machine learning and artificial intelligence to try and determine where and what battlegrounds and what states and what municipalities, how voters think, how that technology can help create benchmarks and identify information. So over the last few years, campaigns have been adding to the vast amount of personal data they keep on every single voter. And campaigns right now are spending upwards of 80% of their ad budgets on what's called direct response ads. Those are things that collect data on us. They're things that collect information on how we look at ads on Facebook. They actually can upload a list of people to Facebook that can target those individual people and then track, do they click on it, do they forward it, all kinds of information about it. And then even what other cookies on your computer know about you. Anyways, campaigns can collect between 500 and 2,500 data points, which is wild. And even phone calls, every call is a, a data point. I just want to mention two quick things as we end this segment, David. One is in the world of being bombarded with webinars and all kinds of other stuff, I am actually hosting for my company a webinar in two weeks. I'll mention oh, it again next week with more details. Uh, it's about loan officer compensation and with this increased volume, how difficult it's actually going to be. And the second thing is I've got two people that are looking to hire auditors, underwriters, and even folks that can manage investor guidelines and data for databases. If you are that person or of that person, feel free to reach out to me. And for any other topic as well, you can reach me at alan, A-L-E-N, at tms-advisors.com. Appreciate it so much, Alan. You're good, Bond. Very good report. Very good stuff. Lots, that's so much going on. I'm looking forward to it. Folks, that ends the regular podcast which is the weekly update we refer to as the market update. Appreciate you being here with us and sending uh, your ideas of things that you see going on. We're going to be continuing down this path of innovation technology and exciting announcement. We're going to be launching a new podcast on the topic at the beginning of the year. So if you're interested in learning more about that, advertising on that, I'd love to hear from you. Folks, we want to say a special thank you to all of our sponsors again as we wrap up the podcast. Benastra, going the extra mile to help you with their 
Technology, as well as the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, the MBA, Indicom, Accelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, Mobility, RE, Modex. Thank you so much for so many of you who write me and share positive feedback about how this podcast is uh, encouraging you, informing you, and just being a, a service to you. That's what we're here for. It's a free podcast out to you. It's made possible by our sponsors. So again, thank you to our sponsors. Have a great week, everybody. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.